every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you.
somebody. Amen. None like Jesus. Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight as we go before the Lord in prayer. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord. It is good to see all of you tonight. It is good to have our online congregation with us tonight. And we are grateful unto the Lord for all that he is doing. Amen. We have a guest preacher tonight. I look forward to that. It's, it's, it, there's, there's a lot of uh, reasons to look forward to having a guest speaker. But one of the reasons I enjoy it is because sometimes, you know, we have a tendency to become um, familiar with um, whether it's the terminologies or familiar with what we've always heard. We're accustomed to hearing things. And so we can come in the house of the Lord sometimes and kind of without even um, paying attention, go through the motion. And so you come in and you just do what you've always done because it's just what we do. You're familiar with our process and what we normally do. So you just go through it. But when you get in a guest speaker, you kind of get a little bit more alert. Your antennas go up because now you're, che- you're checking out the speaker. <laughs> you're checking out the speaker. Let me see what the speaker is all about. Let me hear what the, 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 the speaker sound like, you know. And, and then when the, it, it, the speaker begin to speak and they start to say some things, you start to sit up straight in your chair because now you know, well, this ain't pastor because, you know, pastor may have known about this, but this guy don't know about this. So make it sit a little straighter up in your chair because now you know, okay, I must be here from the Lord now. Oh, God, come on. And so that's one of the beauty of having a guest speaker is because you you kind of change your way of how you look to the preaching and may even how you respond to the preaching. So I pray tonight that you will make yourself, um, what would I say the word is, make yourself uh, uh, ready and, and have expectation. That's the word, have an expectation because if God send the man of God here, you know what the word of God says, when you receive a prophet as a prophet, you will receive a prophet's blessings. <laughs> so, I'm just, so if you want to get suspicious and suspect when God sent his servant to you, you're going to miss out on the blessing. That's all I can tell you. So I want you not to miss out on any blessing that God has in store for you. So what we're going to do, as we always do, is pray together that our heart will be ready and receptive to what God wants to say to us. That way it will not be overlooked. It will not escape you. You will receive it. You will respond to it because you're believing that that's what God wanted to say to you. And so you receive it. But we got to pray sometimes for that to happen. We've got too much going on sometimes. And, you know, uh, weekday service especially, you have things going on throughout your day and when you finally get in the house of the lord you got to shake off what was going on today i don't care what it was you got to shake it off and try to get past it before you start to receive sunday mornings are a little different you had nothing going on right and so you come in and sunday morning your spirit is just different because you had nothing going on thursdays during our bible study we got to get ourselves prepared so let's take this time to pray and get our heart prepared get our mind 
uh, ready to receive and let the Lord speak to us. And I want you to let God do what he wants to do. And I want you to pray for the man of God tonight, that God will use him in a mighty way. If you will pray those prayers with me tonight, I believe we're going to leave here blessed. We're going to leave here changed. We're going to leave here inspired. And we're going to leave here holding on to the word that God, the words that God will speak to us. Will you pray with me tonight? Let's do it. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we give you the honor and the praise. We're grateful and thankful that we are in your house one more time. Oh, God, we are so, so, oh, God, thankful. Because, Lord, without you, where would we be? Without you, Lord God, we can do nothing. And tonight, Lord Jesus, we've come seeking after you, looking to you, Lord God, as the author and finisher of our faith to impart to us what you will, to speak to us what you will, to give us clear instructions and directions in the word of God. I pray tonight, Lord, that you will touch us individually and collectively, Lord. I pray that you will stir up the gift that's inside of us, Lord God. I pray tonight, Father, that you will allow us, Lord God, to be ready to be receptive of the word of God. We want our heart to be right, Lord. So, Lord, we ask tonight that you will cleanse us from all iniquities, purge us from all unrighteousness, that our heart, O oh God, will be pure, our hands will be clean, and, O oh God, as you see fit to, to speak to us, to minister to us, to minister to us through your servant, that, God, we will receive, respond in faith and obedience, that our life will not be the same, that, Lord God, we will engage in worship, in praise, in thanksgiving, in deliverance, restoration, in the work of the Spirit, Lord, that we will engage and respond in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray tonight, Lord, that the Holy Ghost will, oh God, overshadow us. And, oh God, that we will be free in the Holy Ghost tonight. That we will be free in the Holy Ghost tonight. And that we will not leave this place change. Will you help us tonight, oh great God? We need you, Lord. We need your touch. We need your word. We need your intervention. We need, almighty God, your impartation. God, have your way tonight. Not our will, Lord Jesus, but your will be done. We want your will to be done. Will you pour out of your spirit? Will you move upon us tonight? Will you help us, oh God, that something will happen. Something will change. There will be a break in the spirit, Lord God. Have your way tonight, Lord. We pray in faith. We pray tonight, Lord God. Oh, Lord, that your will be done. Hear our cry, oh God. Hear our petitions, oh God. We pray and ask it in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, we ask that there will be an anointing like never before upon the men of God and that you will use him to rightly divide the word of truth and let him operate in the gifts of the Spirit, Lord, and speak as you allow him to speak, Lord. I pray boldness. I pray, Almighty God, that you will have your way in him and allow him to do what you want him to do. In the name of Jesus, oh God, have your way tonight. Prepare us, Lord God, for what you will do in this house in this church, that this church, Lord, will never be the same. But God, whatever.
whatever you do here tonight uh, will be eternal. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God, we praise you tonight. We magnify your name, Lord. It is the name of Jesus that we praise. It is the name of Jesus that we honor. Oh, Father, have your way. Bless each and every person in this house and every person who have joined us via virtual, Lord God. Have your way tonight. We give you the praise and the honor, for there is none like you. We pray and ask you these things. Come on. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, clap your hands with me and give the Lord praise and say in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Without further ado, I'm going to ask Evangelist George Hurt to come and minister the word of the Lord. I believe he has a word for us. Will you put your hands together tonight and have the man of God to come and minister to us? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let's give God another hand praise. Amen. You can be seated. It is an honor to be here. It's an honor to be alive. It's an honor to be in the house of God. But for me, it is an honor to be here with you for the first time. I thank God for his presence that we feel in this house. Not that we have to feel it. But it's wonderful that we can. Sometimes people are like, you know, oh, we got to feel it. No, you've got to believe it. You believe in God is more important than you feel in God. Amen. If you have to feel him in order to believe him, then I would say that all it would take is just a few mishaps in your life and you can walk away from pleasing God. But there's something about trusting in God's word. Faith doesn't come by feeling. Faith comes by hearing. Amen. We thank God for his word. We thank the Lord for his servant, the man of God, Pastor Wyatt. Amen. For the opportunity to come and be with you all this morning, this evening. Typically, um, I travel full time most of the time. My wife and my son, 13-year-old son, and uh, my wife travel with me probably... 97, 98% of the time. But my wife right now, she is at home. Her mother is in the process of the final stages of her life. And uh, so I'm trying to allow my wife to spend as much time with her. Amen. Amen. And uh, I tell you the importance of loving people while you've got them. Because oftentimes in life, people, we can always think of things wrong with the person next to you. 
You can always find something wrong with someone beside you. But I've seen it where people have lost their spouses or lost their parents, lost their children, lost their friends. And they allowed so much pain and confusion and unforgiveness to kind of set in the middle and and separate them to the place where when they're dead, they're wishing that they could have just gotten one more conversation and would not have allowed offense to rob them of so much time. So that being said, I want you to turn to someone. I want you to say, I'm going to let some things go. Let some things go. Let some things. Matter of fact, turn to somebody else. We're going to let it all go, not just some of it. Let it all go. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word. God, I pray, Lord, that your perfect will would be done in this house, Lord. We want the leading of your spirit. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help me to be led by your spirit to speak to your people exactly what you want me to speak. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that there would be anointing, there would be deliverance, the revelation, Lord God, would flow not for the sake of intellect, but for the sake of giving you glory and leading us into your good and perfect will. I pray, Lord, that when the people leave here tonight, they leave changed. I pray, God, that you would bring healing to those that are afflicted. I pray, Lord God, that you would restore those that are bound. I pray, Lord God, that you would set the captive free. And them that don't have the Holy Ghost, I pray, Lord, that you would fill them. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, tonight that you would raise our expectation. I pray, Lord God, that we do not waste time. I pray, Lord, that there will be an awakening that will sit upon each person in this room. Not just for the emotional stimulation, but for a transformation, Lord God, that will lead us all the way from earth to glory. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together and give the Lord praise. While I was, before I left this morning, I'm from Indianapolis, but I did not drive here straight from Indianapolis today. Um, I did drive here from Indianapolis, uh, but I was preaching in Maryland, D.C., so I drove from Maryland, uh, drove to Maryland on Friday from Indianapolis, Saturday from Indianapolis, and wrapped up a service there last night. And before I left town this morning, I met with a young man at a at a uh, 
at a breakfast uh, restaurant. And while we were meeting for breakfast, I began to talk to him. And it appears that the past couple of times I've preached there, we've met right before it was time for me to leave. The pastor, while we were talking, I began to talk to him about faith. And, you know, the scripture lets us know that Jesus made a statement to his disciples. And you have to understand that Jesus' disciples were not just kind of coming around just for the sake of, you know, this is just what they did on Sundays. This is what they did on Thursdays. But when the disciples followed Jesus, they followed Jesus because Jesus said that he was going to go away. And there was going to be an absence of his fleshly presence. However, there would be a a presence of his indwelling presence within them. However, what Jesus is doing is he is preparing these men. Because in the book of John, the scripture says that Jesus makes a statement. He said, Lord, not only do I pray for these men, because these were not, you know, we look at them as great men. But these were ordinary men just like you and I. Until the Holy Ghost got a hold of them. And Jesus makes a statement. He says, Father, not only do I pray for these men, he said, but I pray for those that shall believe on me through their word. These men have been given instructions from God. And Jesus is speaking to them, and he is making them aware of things. You know, um, the thing is that even though Jesus chose his disciples, he did not force his disciples to stick with them. These disciples were men that you know the story about the sons of Zebedee and how James and John were men that had pride issues. Scripture declares that his mother begins to speak to Jesus and says, Lord, won't you let my son sit on your left and let my other son sit on your right? And the scripture declares that all of a sudden when the other disciples heard what was going on, the scripture says that great contention arose among them. But the amazing thing was even though there were things that were rising among them, they never let it rise higher than the one that was in the midst of them. God had a way of speaking in such a way that he was able to take issues that rose up. Because you got to understand that whenever you're going to do something for God, there's going to be issues. Whenever you're going to step out and grow in the grace of God, something in your flesh is going to rise up. Because between now and the time Jesus returns, there's a perfection that must take place on the inside of you. Amazingly, God is able to perform a perfect work through imperfect people. And I'm reminded in the scripture that it says that we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. But Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he makes this statement. He says, 
when the Son of Man returns, shall he find faith on earth? Now, when I begin to think about that, here it is. Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. Now, the Scriptures declare that faith comes from somewhere. Now, Jesus is asking when he returns, shall there be faith on earth? Shall he find it? But in order for him to find it, it must be that he left it. And if the word of God, if Jesus is the word of God made flesh, even though he is physically taken from the earth, does it necessarily mean that his word is removed from the earth? Because Jesus made a statement in the book of John. He said, my words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they're life. So therefore, you don't necessarily have to have the physical embodiment of Jesus Christ present in order for faith to be activated in your life. Jesus made a statement. He said that you believe me and you see me. Blessed are those that believe me, but have never seen me. Can I talk to somebody in this room today that God is pleased with people that are content with believing him, but have never seen him. And there are a lot of people out there because... There are a lot of people out there that see others, that talk about people that are in church. And while they're talking to them, you'll hear them make statements about how is it that you can serve a God that you've never seen before. There are those that make a statement and say that Jesus is just a figment of your imagination. They'll even go as far to tell you that what you see written in the Bible is nothing more than a bunch of foolishness. It is amazing the bold, foolish declarations that people make concerning Jesus Christ. But I'm reminded when Paul said, what if some don't believe? Will it make what God has spoken of none effect? Can I tell you that the word of God is effective whether you believe it or not? The Bible declares that you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Jesus is standing here and he is imparting, he's teaching. As a matter of fact, the Bible declares that after, no, after his resurrection, he spent 40 days with them, opening up the scripture. Now, amazingly, these men were mightily used of God, but not fully grounded in the Word of God. It is possible to be mightily used of God, 
and shallow in the Word of God. But can I tell you that God not only wanted to make sure that these men had power, but he wanted to make sure that these men had depth. And the depth that they had was something that was more than just being able to boast in the amount of knowledge and information that they have, but they had a responsibility to hand down what God had given them. See, the scripture declared, to whom much is given, much is required. God has handpicked 12 men, and he has given these 12 men the responsibility of going out and giving this message to the whole world. But at the same time, he is speaking to the ones that he has given stewardship over. This message. Paul made the statement. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Amazingly, Jesus also says to the prophets in Isaiah, he said that my word will go forth and will not return back void, but it shall accomplish what it is set out to do. But you see him standing there and he asked the question, when the Son of Man return, shall he find faith? What do you mean? How is it possible for word to go into the earth and no faith come forth out of the earth? Jesus begins to speak to the disciples because these men have the responsibility of handing down something that's going to cause God to receive people in eternity. He asked them, when I come back, shall I find faith? What is faith? We understand where it comes from. For the scripture declares that faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Now you got to understand that the word that you hear cannot just be random word, but it has to be rightly divided word. Word that is not rightly divided is not what God is the author of. Scripture declares that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. But when truth or when the word of God is not rightly divided, you're not dealing with faith, but you're dealing with a different author, and that author is the author of confusion. Church, can I tell you that you have to be careful about who you allow to write upon your heart. You've got to determine what tablets are going to be established in your heart. Either you're going to let the Word of God reign in your heart, or you're going to let the words of confusion reign in your heart. But you can't have two authors occupying the same tablet. 
the Bible declares in the book of Romans. It says, be not conformed unto this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you, not, not the doctor, not your attorney, not your preacher, not your husband, not your boyfriend, not your wife, not your girlfriend, but you may be able to determine that which is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. It is not someone else's responsibility to know the will of God for yourself. It is your responsibility to know the will of God for yourself. But that doesn't necessarily come because you've got a preacher. That comes through your obedience of what the preacher is speaking. See, amazingly, Jesus is speaking to them. And there's one place in the scripture. It says that men's hearts. Now, before I get there. Oftentimes in this generation, we understand. The Bible declares that Paul told Timothy, he said, Timothy, in the last days, he said, evil men and seducers are going to wax worse and worse. Deception, confusion will be at an all-time high. Now, one thing about faith is that when these things come to pass, the Bible didn't declare that we should be shocked. What do you mean? We should not be people that are shocked or taken away by the things that the Scripture has already declared was going to happen. The Bible didn't say get on Facebook and talk about your problems. The Bible didn't say call your girlfriend or call your, 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 your sister in the church on the phone and sit back and talk about how ridiculous this world is. But the scripture declares when you see these things come to pass, not look at Facebook, not look at your neighbor, not look out there in the street, not look at what's getting ready to happen next. But the Bible says, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. We are on the verge of redemption, but I am afraid that we're looking in the wrong place. Redemption is not going to come to people that are looking for things that are coming to this earth. But redemption is going to come to people that are looking for the one that's going to descend to this earth. I'm not talking about the things. I'm talking about the Holy One. The scripture declares, it says, men's hearts failing them. What do you mean? That, that, that means that there is a, a breakdown. That means that someone's heart has literally gone into spiritual cardiac arrest. Now, how is it that a person, the scripture declares that he shall write his law upon the tablets of your own heart? But then in the last days, the Bible says that men's hearts should fail them. 
How is it possible for someone whose word, God's word, has been written on their heart now comes to the end where there is a failure of the heart? Is it because the word failed or is it because they failed to keep the word in their heart? Can I tell you today that God is looking for somebody that's going to esteem his word above the fear, above the confusion, above the stress and the anxiety and the worry that comes to this world. Your children are temporary. Your relationships, they're temporary. Your job is temporary. Your possessions is temporary. But the Holy Ghost, uh, the Word of God, that's eternal. That's what's going to be around after the funeral. That's what's going to be around after the foreclosure. That's what's going to be around after your last breath. God, Jesus says, men's hearts failing them. Why? Because they weren't looking after faith. They weren't looking after the Lord to come. They were looking after these things that were coming to the earth. Can I tell you tonight, there's a spirit that is working in this world. And what is happening, the enemy is fighting in such a way that he is trying to gather not only his people, He's trying to gather God's people as well. The scriptures declare, it says, it left me. But the Bible lets us know that fear brings captivity. Fear has a way of tormenting you. Fear comes to challenge your love for God. As a matter of fact, the scripture makes a statement that there's a faith that works by love. Oftentimes what goes on today is that we have learned how to serve God out of routine. And not out of relationship. Reminded in the book of F, in the book of Revelation, when the scripture declares that the Lord tells the church of Ephesus, He said, I know how you cannot stand those that are evil. You hate false doctrine. You hate false apostles. He said, You have labored. He told him, I know your works. He didn't speak about how evil their works were. He spoke about how good their works were. He said, I know your works. He says, you have continued. You haven't even fainted. You have pushed. You have pressed. You have been faithful. 
He said, but I've got this one thing against you. He said, you have left your first love. What do you mean, Brother Hurt? Do you understand that it is possible to labor and your heart not be in the right place? It is possible to work and your heart not be in the right place. I've seen it where people were married 20, 30 years, and then next thing you know, when the children leave the house, the marriage is over with. Why? Because they were in love with what they were doing, but they weren't in love with the one they were doing it for. I've seen it where there are folks, praise the Lord, that, that they love. The excitement of laying in the bed next to each other. They love being able to come home to a man or come home to a wife. But they're not in love with the one that they're working for. Can I tell you that God does not want us to be in love with the shadow. He does not want us to be in love with the type. But God wants us to be in love with the one that is called Jesus Christ. And church, can I tell you that the spirit of hypocrisy is riding so heavily in the church uh, that we are so attached uh, to the symbolisms of this world, to the symbolisms of Christ, uh, and we have disconnected from the one called Jesus Christ. But God has a remedy. We have to take a position. You've got to take a position. See, what happens is we follow the crowd. Jesus made a statement. He said, my sheep hear my voice. See, the thing is, today, we know the voice. I heard a preacher say, the voice of God sounds just like your pastor. What happens when you get two or three pastors in your lifetime? <laughs> they say that because Solomon, um, not Solomon, Samuel, Went to Eli because he thought it was the Lord. I mean, thought it was Eli and it was the Lord. People say the voice of God. So, and what happens is when, when, when I'm listening for the voice of God, he doesn't sound like my pastor. He sounds like God. Now, God can use my pastor's voice. But what I'm looking for is not just a sound. I'm looking for spirit. Because, see, the enemy can use a voice. But the enemy can't use the spirit. The enemy can speak all kind of things through the voices of people. But the enemy cannot use God's spirit. He said, my sheep hear my voice. So what happens is, when relationship with God 
is something centered around shadows and type. When the relationship with God is centered around ceremonialism, when it is centered around just what you do on Sunday or just what you do on Thursday or this is my prayer time. When your prayer life is more centered around how much time you pray than it is the one that you're praying to. Then you're not doing it to get closer to him. You're doing it to establish your own sense of self-righteousness. Can I tell you that God doesn't want someone coming into his presence with a time clock trying to beat their last time? God looks for someone that's so overwhelmed by his presence and say, my God, Lord, I've been talking to you for the past three hours. i got to get ready to go to work. He's not looking for somebody that's trying to get some sort of badge of honor, a success for themselves to talk about how spiritual they are, but to talk about how good he is, how wonderful he is. Is your purpose in prayer to talk about how great you are? Are you trying to get to a place in prayer so that you can talk about how great he is, how wonderful he is, how mighty he is, how excellent he is? He's looking for somebody that has a genuine appreciation. The Bible says when the Son of Man returns, shall he find faith. See, the Bible declares that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Scripture also declares that we love him because he first loved us. But in order for him to question whether or not there would be faith on earth, it is because some kind of distraction has to come to the people that are on earth. How is it that you get to the end of time and you've got someone looking? He tells you, when you see these things come to pass, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. But then, now that's faith when you see these things. So that, that means that I'm holding on to the word that he spoke and I'm having faith in what he said. My faith moves me to work in such a way that when I see this happen, this is what I do next. But then over here, it says, their hearts failed them for fear of things to come. They're both looking but they're not looking the right way. One's looking for the Lord to come, and the other one's looking for another problem. Another problem. Another problem. Another problem. Another problem. You lift your hands up towards heaven.
Oh, God, let's talk to God, Lord. I don't want to look for the next problem. I want my heart to be hungry for your coming. Oh, God. see these things come to pass. I can either choose to look at what can go wrong next. The scripture declares if a man seeks to save his life he will lose it. I was speaking to my wife the other day. I believe it was her. And I told her, I said, we have to come to a place where we're willing to die for this. Jesus must be worth dying for. See, Jesus made a statement. He said, any man that comes after me. See, the thing is, He that cometh after God must believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. But he says, he that cometh after me must first deny himself and take up his cross. See, the thing is, we started along the way, but we started picking up other things. And we start letting down the important things. There's some people that say, you know what, I'm not letting down on holiness. But you're letting down on your cross. You, 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 don't, you, don't, you don't carry your cross no more. You carry your feelings on your shoulder. You carry the weight of this world on your shoulder. You carry the affairs of the affections of this present life on your shoulders. But suffering is something that the apostles rejoiced over. But suffering is something that this present generation mourns over. And see, can I tell you That God is doing a work in this time. The Lord is going to try the reins of your heart. Anything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. I spoke to my wife. I said, said, we've got to be willing to die for this. See, the thing is, death is not this death will not separate you from God. Why? Because Jesus conquered it. And because Jesus conquered it, it will not separate you. It will only get you closer to him. Death. Paul said, 
that I might know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering. I know you, you know him. But do you have fellowship? See, 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 just because you spoke in tongues when the Holy Ghost came don't mean you know him. You got fellowship with him. You, you, might, you might have had an experience. And, and just because you've gone through some things doesn't mean that you've got fellowship with him. See, to have fellowship requires faithfulness. See, the Bible declares, Lord, thine will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, fellowship with God is not something that you just once had. But fellowship with God is something that you do daily. Not trying to get God. Not trying to make God meet your approval. But trying to get into a place where you meet God's approval. See, the thing is this. Faith is under attack. And the thing is, is either you're going to have people that have faith or people that have fear. The scriptures declare in the book of Daniel, it says in the last days, it says them that understand them. No, there's a place in scripture. It says that the enemy will try to wear out the saints. Of the Most High God, how? Thinking to change times and laws. See, all it takes is just a little bit of change of things that have always been. And that's enough to frustrate even God's people. The only thing that you can do to combat that is know in your heart that Jesus said that this was going to happen. And then in trusting in that, there's a peace. See, there are people, you ever met somebody, they, they, they say, I just don't understand. And that's why you have no peace. God never told you to understand this world. He said, in this world you will have tribulation, but in me you will have peace. And that's the peace that surpasses all understanding. You ain't got to understand in order to live, but you've got to have peace. He said, I give you peace. So what has that? What, what's happening is that Fear is enticing. You ever, you ever been going through something? And somebody's like, man, you, 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 you ever had somebody get mad because you're calm? You ever had somebody just get mad at you? 
Because they worked up, and you're supposed to get worked up. You ever, you ever had God just told, tell you something, and you were in prayer, or maybe you had a dream, or God communicated to you in some kind of way that said, you know, I want to let you know that this is getting ready to happen, but I'm going to work a miracle. I'm going to use this door. I'm going to use this as a vehicle to usher you into what I talked to you about about five years ago. It's getting ready to happen. So now is not taking you off guard, but you're fully aware. So then when the stuff hits the fan, you, you're, you're prepared mentally. Why? Because you've been looking for it. You just know that God uses problems as a vehicle to usher you to the blessing. It's like coming to the Red Sea. You know, there, uh, God's paving that thing. He's partnering. And yes, there's probably a more convenient route. But if God ever takes you down a route of inconvenience, it's not to kill you, but to kill what's following you. He's got to get you in a place where you trust him. But when we come to that place, and we hear God telling us, I want you to march forward. I'm getting ready to do a work. Someone starts getting disrupted and frustrated. Why? Because they don't understand what's going on in there. The flesh loves to panic. And they want you to get in your flesh. But then you're feeling awkward. Because in order to get into your flesh, you've got to get out of the spirit. See, the scripture says the just shall live by faith. We shouldn't be panicking. We should be praising. Why? Because God's promises are true. He that is to come shall come. When I, tear, I think what's happened is that we have made the temporary things eternal in our heart. And the eternal things temporary in our heart. But where we're at right now, you're going to have to put your anchor upon something that's going to hold. You've got to get into that boat, get down there. And get that anger. You ever done any fishing? And sometimes you can, you know, you got logs in the water, trees and branches. It's it's temporary right now. But it's not going to hold on to anything. So you put the anchor in the past. And you can't move forward. You put the anchor in the present. And you're stuck where you're at. But if you can take that anger and cast it into the future, I'm going to put my anger in the promises of God. 
I'm going to let it hold right there. And in doing that, I refuse to be sucked in to the the anxiety of this world. What do you mean, Brother Hurt? If God has given you a blueprint called the Scripture, and you have come to the end of time, and you're fearing, your fear is greater than your peace. Or or you're trying to get them to coexist with one another. They can't. But we try. What we have to do is we've got to get back to the place where we say, God, I repent. Maybe what you've got to do is you've got to back up and say, you know what? This is not the season to be doubting God. This is the season to believe God. For what? Impossible things. Anything. Everything. He's able to do it seated and abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. So what do you say? I'm saying maybe what you've got to do is you've got to you gotta say, you know what, I'm gonna hold my peace. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait say that again, sister. What's the song say? You were quoting the song. Go ahead. And we would say victory shall be mine. See, the thing is, it moves the church. We used to shout off that song. People would just go crazy. Sung that song, it was over with. You might as well just... We ain't going to take up an offering for the next 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but man, it's going to take more than an emotion. I think we've put more weight in our emotions than we've put weight in our faith. To a place where it's like, You don't, to step out of the boat, you don't have to feel a quickening. You ever had, you (laughs) ever seen somebody get ready to pray for somebody? Like, I got to get in the Holy Ghost. They start, you know, they got to go through the tongue talking and stuff to feel spiritual enough to obey God. You're leaning more towards your feelings than you are toward your obedience. Because see, if I tell my son to go clean the room, I don't need him to feel quickened. <laughs> you better not tell me. I to, I'm waiting on my help to come. I, I got some help for you. <laughs> I feel my help coming. Yep. <laughs> help call the belt. Obedience. Hear 
and obey. I heard someone say, hear, believe, obey. HBO. Hear, believe, obey. Hear what God says. Believe what God says. Obey what God says. In this world, you're going to have people that are going to be on this side. They're going to go crazy, crazy, crazy. Noise, noise, noise. Confusion, confusion, confusion. Fear, fear, fear. Panic, panic, panic. War, war, war. Doubt, doubt, doubt. Run, run, run. The scripture says the wicked flee and no one's chasing them. And have you ever seen people start running? You know, you're walking somewhere, you're walking downtown, and next thing you know, you see a bunch of people start running. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> we got to get in the Holy Ghost. We can't move off of instinct anymore. The enemy is manipulating instinct. You got to move with discernment. You got to have the Holy Ghost on when you're on the train. You got to have the Holy Ghost on when you're on the bus, when you're on your job, in your car. Listen. Don't let folks tell you you got to use wisdom. You got to use the Holy Ghost. Somebody said, well, God's, God gave you a head. Yeah. And he gave me the Holy Ghost too. This season is more spiritual than it is natural. But he's giving you power over the natural, but you've got to get in the spirit. And in doing this, we got to make a choice. I can either roam with the, the crowd and with the noise. Or I got to back up and get into a secret place. So you can't be in the secret place and be influenced by the secret place and spending hours on the internet. Where are you getting your information from? Facebook or his face? You got to get in that secret place. Your sensitivity to God must be greater than your ability to regurgitate something that somebody else told you. Can you regurgitate what God told you? You come on this side. You hear, believe, obey. Hear. get out of here. I had a dream years ago. It's been years. And in this dream, 
I would say I was in the end of time. He passed away. It was like I was in the last days. And in this dream, I saw what looked like a cave. And there was a brother, a deacon in the church that was in the cave. It, it was probably around the middle of the night. And all of a sudden, I'm walking. It's very dark. And he speaks out from the cave. He says, Brother Hurt, I come to the door of the cave. He meets me at the threshold of the cave. He said, I want you to come in here. And I walked in the cave. And on my left side and on my right side, it was saints lined up on their knees with their heads towards the wall looking up. They were talking to God. They were crying out to God. They were calling on the Lord. There was an extreme focus. It wasn't a good church. It wasn't a church service. It was a prayer meeting. Jesus made a statement. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. In the end time church, if you're going to make it, it can't be a house of preaching. It has to go back to being a house of prayer. When the preaching is more important than the prayer, then we'll be more dependent upon the preacher and the voice of the preacher than we are dependent upon the voice of God. And we limit God's ability to communicate because the only time we communicate is when we hear each other and not when we hear God, that we're going to be overly dependent upon each other. Now, faith does come by preaching. It has its position, has its purpose. But the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. you got to develop the voice of God, the ability to hear God's voice. Walked in the room in the cave, and he looks at me, he said, Brother Hurt, as I looked around, I could tell that it was like, it was almost like the Lord was getting ready to come. And he looks at me, he said, Brother Hurt, I want to tell you, he says, stay right here. Don't go anywhere. It was like God not only was coming, but God had the church hidden. He that dwelleth under the he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Church, your protection is under His shadow. But the thing is, it can't be found in this room. It can't be found in your house. What we're stepping into, you're not going to be able to get on the boat, get on the plane, and go to a secluded island somewhere. But where God wants to hide you is how he hid the three Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace. And in the midst of it all, we're going to have revival. But church, it's time to make our calling and our election short. It's time to believe God. It's time to say, God, I'm going for broke. 
Okay, let some things go. I'm getting ready to release all things. It's like someone in war and stuff starts getting heated. What do you do? You bring out the big guns. You got to bring out the big faith. It's time to bring out, quit saving your your, your best for the last. No, we at the last days. Whatever you're going to do for Christ, you need to do it now. And you that say, well, Brother Hurt, my best days are behind me. Listen, you like, well, you know, I, I was I used to do all that when I had shirt, but I, I ain't I'm retired now. Listen. The only way you retire in the kingdom of God is when you die. You might be tired, but you ain't retired. There's still something that God has for you. That means you gotta step out. We've got to get authority over what's going on in our world. I'm not saying you're going to stop everything that's going on in the, in the world. but You can stop some stuff that's going on in the church. You can stop some things that are going on in your house. You can stop some things that are going on in your family. You can say, hold on, Satan. i got authority over this. I was praying the other day. And I was, the Lord was just showing me things. But the Lord was like, George, I've given you authority over this. There is nothing that can be introduced to this world that his blood and his stripes can't handle. He has given you the authority authority of the Holy Ghost and the authority of his name to stand up against, not run from. You might not understand it, but that's why you've got peace. Sometimes we want to fight the things we understand and the stuff we don't understand. No, fool. No. Hold your peace. Let your peace be greater than your understanding. And watch what happens. God will begin to release angels. God will begin to work. You just have to be confident. To lift your hands towards heaven. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord God, I thank you, Lord. Lord, tonight, God, I pray, Lord God, that you would call us back to the place where we first believed. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, help us to be sensitive, Lord God, to what you want. Lord God, I pray, Lord, that you would finish the work that you have already begun in us. Lord, in the name of Jesus tonight, I pray, Lord God, that you would stir someone up in this house. Lord God, something deeper than just a temporary thrill and excitement, something deeper than the temporary unction I'm talking about, 
an act of faithfulness, something that destroys yokes in our life. Lord, a deliverance, Lord God, that sets us on the right course. Lord God, a sensitivity, Lord God, to your perfect will in our life. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that we would take another visit at Calvary that we would see and actually begin to meditate on your love for us and your faithfulness towards us. Understanding that you will never leave us, nor will you ever forsake us. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we're not praying just for another conference. We're not praying just for another great church service, Lord. We need the big guns. Lord, whatever we've got to do to get into alignment, however we need to align ourselves, the things that you have written in the word of God, Lord God, that declares the power and the authority that we walk in, uh, the things that you're capable of doing if we believe. Lord, we're tired of just coming and praying for people and they're not healed. Lord God, we're tired of medicating devils instead of casting out devils. Lord, Lord God, we're tired of being the borrower and not the lender. In the name of Jesus tonight, God, whatever we've got to do, if we've got to push back our plate, Lord God, we're going to push back our plate. Lord God, we repent, Lord God, for trying to do things out of a lack of commitment. We we repent, Lord God. For, 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 for not having the same level of commitment as they did back then, but expecting to get greater results with less commitment than they had back then. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, you declare these things. Uh, they don't come out but by prayer and fasting. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray tonight, Lord God, that you would move on your people. Lord God, that they don't wait for a corporate prayer meeting before they pray. They don't wait for a corporate fast uh, before they fast. Uh, but Lord, tonight, I'm not just praying uh, for you to move angels on our behalf, uh, but I'm praying, Lord God, that you uh, will put enough tenacity and denial in us uh, to push back our plate uh, and say, Lord, uh, I desire your word more than my necessary bread. Uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, Lord God, I pray Lord God, for your delivering power. Lord, I repent, Lord God, for everything that would try to separate me from your perfect will. I repent tonight, Lord, for everything that's sitting around me and not around you. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray tonight that you break down every stronghold in my mind, in my life. Come on, you got to pray, not just for your neighbor, but for yourself. In the name of Jesus, if I've gotten too comfortable in too many areas of my life, I declare tonight, Lord, I pray that you would uproot every area that is comfortable with the things that you're not comfortable with. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray that night uh, that you would remove the doubt 
out of my mind and you will remove the fear out of my heart. Lord, you declare you created me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. God, I repent. Lord, God, for acting like I've already apprehended. I repent, Lord, for walking by people that need your presence. I repent, Lord, for not being a steward. I know you're a healer. The church knows you're a healer. But the world is out there. They think you don't exist. I repent for confiding. Just light your presence. Hiding it under a bush. Lord God, I repent for hiding the light that you called for me to shine to this world. I repent for keeping it in my house. Keeping it in my prayer closet tonight. In the name of Jesus. If you would show mercy to me, Lord. If you would just extend your mercy to me. God, I will use this light to light up the world. I repent, God, for confining my salt. Leaving only enough salt to save me and my family. But not enough salt to change the world that's around me. In the name of Jesus. Lord God, I repent tonight for being ineffective. I repent tonight for looking in the wrong places. I repent tonight for denying you. But God, if you give me another chance, if you give me another opportunity, Lord God, I will serve you with my last breath. I will serve you with everything I've got. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, restore my heart. Restore my family. Come on, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray tonight that the boldness of the Holy Ghost would stand up on the inside of your people. I take authority right now over every spirit of fear that has people captivated. I rebuke every spirit of deceitfulness. I rebuke every spirit of lie. I rebuke every spirit of witchcraft. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke every spirit that you're not the author of. This night by the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I pray for a spirit of revival. They hit every person in this house. I pray for a spirit of restoration. They hit every person in this house. In the name of Jesus, I thank the Lord for the revival that's happening in this city. I thank the Lord for the revival that's happening in this church. I thank the Lord for the souls that have been added to this church. But can I tell you that the Bible declares that one can chase a thousand. Lord, I repent uh, for not chasing my thousand. Uh, I repent uh, for not utilizing uh, what you said I'm capable of doing. Uh, the Bible declares one uh, can chase a thousand. Uh, two can put ten thousand to flight. Uh, tonight in the name of Jesus, uh, if I got to give up something, uh, I'll give it up. Uh, if I got to take the hours off the job uh, and say I'm only going to do 40 and not 60, uh, I'd rather do overtime with the kingdom of God and see souls go to heaven than to do no time in the kingdom of God and souls go to hell. 
Oh God. Oh God. Come on in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on in the name of Jesus. You need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. By evidence of speaking in tongues. If you ain't never had the Holy Ghost before, lift your hands up towards heaven and begin to call out to God. Lord, baptize me in the Holy Ghost. I want to talk in tongues. Just like the Bible say, come on, in the name of Jesus. I know you got to go home, but you got to go to heaven too. I know you got to go to work, but you got to go to heaven too. You might die before you go to work, or you might die after you go to work. But can I tell you, church, the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. It's not by the power of the authority. It's in the name of Jesus. It's time to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you are a healer. Come on, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that spirit off of somebody. You tried to pray with some folks, and God's not using you in healing like you used to be used. So you don't pray for nobody no more. The devil is a liar in the name of Jesus. The devil is a liar. I rebuke that doubt in the name of Jesus that wants to clog up your well. Come on, you are not a reservoir. You are a conduit. It's time to get into the flow of the Holy Ghost. I pray God that you would baptize your people with a boldness that will shake the foundation of this city. And the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus. The next situation that arises, we're not going to run from it, but we're going to run to it. Understand that we're covered by the blood. Come on. In the name of Jesus, you pray about the blood. You sing about the blood. You preach about the blood. You even shout about the blood. But it's now time to apply the blood of Jesus to your life. Apply the blood of Jesus to your family. Apply the blood of Jesus upon your mind. The death angel came in the Egypt land, but could only kill the folks that did not have the blood. I know you meditate on a lot. We're meditating on wars. We're meditating on sicknesses. We're meditating on pandemics. We're meditating on vaccines. But will somebody meditate on the blood? Will somebody meditate on the love of God? Will somebody meditate on the stripes? You meditate on everybody else. You meditate on everything else. You will be weakened. You will be smacked. You will come down lower. But if you begin to meditate on the blood, I hear my help come. And you begin to meditate on the blood, your strength will return. You begin to meditate on the blood, something will happen to your faith. It's time to take our meditations off of the temporary things of this world and get our meditations on the eternal things of the world to come. You have the power of the world to come.
Oh God. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Come on, you've got to stand up against that giant. Come on, some things you ain't got to walk through. Some things you got to learn how to speak to. Sometimes you got to open up your mouth. I know you used the rod back then, but it's time to use your feet now. I know you used the rod to part the rivers, the Red Sea, but now you're at the River Jordan. You got to put your foot on that thing. Come on, in the name of Jesus, you got to walk through stink out. Uh, you got to be determined uh, that you're not going to move with hesitancy, uh, but you're going to move with obedience. Uh, you're going to move with haste. Uh, you're going to occupy. Come on. You're going to occupy. You need to tell the devil you didn't come here to die. You came here for revival. But if you're going to die having revival, then I might as well die. But if I die, God will raise up 25 more people. Praise the Lord. That will march forward. But as for me and my house, come on. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God. Come on, this thing wants to smother you. This thing would like to smother you. Come on, but the Bible declares greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Come on, you got to understand it can't smother you when the pressure that's on the inside of you is greater than the pressure that's on the outside of you. I understand you're under a lot of pressure. I understand that your family's under a lot of pressure. I understand that this region is under a lot of pressure. But can I tell you, the power that's working in you is greater than the pressure that's coming against you. Can I tell you, you will not break. Can I tell you, you will not bust. Can I tell you, you will not fail. For the Lord is able to keep you. The Lord is able to establish you. The Lord is your light, your salvation. Whom shall you fear? The Lord is the strength of your life. Whom shall you be afraid? When the wicked and your enemies and your foes come to eat up your flesh, they will stumble and they will fail. Come on, in the name of Jesus, though a host shall encamp against you, and this will I be content. One thing, come on somebody, in the name of Jesus, you need to stand up like you've got authority in the Holy Ghost and say, I'm going to have revival. I'm going to do the will of God. The hand of God is working and he's going to work through me. He who had begun a good work in you shall perform it. I may not understand what I'm going through, but I trust the one that I'm with. I may not understand this season, but I trust the one that holds the season in his hands. I may not understand this battle, but I understand that the one that has the power over the battle is with you. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to your name, God.
Oh God, come on in the name of Jesus. Come on. You ain't got to ask for permission to get a hold of God. You ain't got to ask for permission to operate in the things of God. Come on, you ain't got to ask this world for permission to be apostolic. You ain't got to ask this world for permission. Come on, you got to understand the authority that was given to you. It was not given to you by man. It wasn't given to you by the state, but it was given to you by God. You're not a representative of the kingdom of this world. You are a representative of the kingdom of God. The Bible says, uh, he said, do you understand? Uh, I've got the power to call down legions of angels. Uh, do you understand? Praise God. Uh, if God can take one angel and that one angel can go into a city and can destroy a bunch of soldiers. Uh, if Jesus said, I'm able to call down a legion of angels uh, and one legion uh, is able to wipe out uh, the whole centurion army. Do you understand? Praise the Lord, uh, that there's no weapon formed against you that will ever be able to prosper. Do you understand that God uh, has given you power to cast out devils? Uh, he's given you power to lay hands on the sick. Uh, he's given you access to angels. Uh, do you understand that the devil might have took a third, uh, but we still got three-fourths, uh, and you got the Holy Ghost uh, that created the third and created uh, the three-fourths working on the inside of you? Can I tell you that greater is he it's in you than he that's in the world. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I rebuke the spirit of torment. I come against it right now by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we send angels to people's homes at night in the name of Jesus whose homes and hallways are, are lurking with torment, lurking with confusion. I command the spirits uh, that have went through their houses over their airways uh, to leave this house tonight, uh, to leave their houses tonight uh, by the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus. Uh, I declare an awakening towards the things of God. God's hand is on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I 
gozo. I am a Oh, my God. 
Lift your hands. I want you to turn towards me. Sister Yvonne, gift of the prophet is subject to the prophet. I want you to look at me. Just silence your tongues. Alright? Sister Yvonne, I want to minister to you. Sister Yvonne, I'm not going to minister to you if you're talking in tongues. Silence. Alright? Silence. In Jesus' name. Now, what is your last name, Yvonne? Sister Yvonne? No, I'm talking to you. I want you to come here. Come here. It's all right. You can stand right there. Stand right there. What's your last name? Cummins? Sister Cummings. Alright. Yvonne Cummings. Just look up towards heaven. I don't know you. Alright. But tonight God's going to deliver you from fear, from 
torment, from anxiety. I don't know who you are, but I see you looking at other people and things that other people have dealt with. And you're fearful of some of these things coming to you. But I want to let you know something that God is faithful. The Bible declares that we compare ourselves among ourselves. It's not wise. Tonight, in the name of Jesus, God wants to give you peace. It's not the will of God that you can't rest. Because I see you at nighttime trying to stay asleep, but you can't. You're waking up, and you're not even you're not even resting. Because your mind is in all these other places. You're worried about everybody else and everything else that's going around you. The Lord told me to tell you that he can do more with it in his hands than he can in yours. You've got to put them in the hands of God and let God work. You can't do God's job, but you can do yours. It's interceding. The Bible declares cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. You have to make a decision. And this night in the name of Jesus, you mind if I lay hands on you? I take authority right now, even on the pressure that comes to your head. These migraines, that's only brought on by stress. You're not going to have no aneurysm. You're not going to have no stroke. You're just stressed. In the name of Jesus, but can I tell you that God is greater than your stress? His peace that surpasses all understanding. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray for your healing. Lord God, to flow through her life, I pray, Lord, for every spirit of worry and anxiety that brings anxiety. For her to recognize it. Give her the discernment for her to recognize it. Teach her how to fight in the spirit. Lord, in the name of Jesus, and that she will go home understanding that you're going to work with her. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I thank you, Lord, for your joy. I thank you, Lord, for your healing. In Jesus' name, my sister that's walking with the shirt, with the flowers on, can you come here? I'm sorry. You can stand right over here. I'll pray for you. You can go ahead and do what you're going to do. I want you to lift your hands. My sister, tonight God's going to do a healing in your body. I see some nerves that are really messed up in your body. These nerves are what's causing the pain that's in your legs and in your back. And there's a numbness that you're feeling in your limbs. But this night, this numbness that has a tendency to come and stick and almost, it's like I see your arms, your wrists stiffening up, is going to leave tonight. It's very hard for you to even be in a, in, a, in a place for too long because you're always in pain constantly. And the weather and all that stuff, it's, it's dealing with your nerves. But I command every bone that is out of place to be put back in the place. You've been having some trouble down in the lower part of your abdomen area and the lower area. This night in the name of Jesus, God's going to do a healing in your body when you walk out of here. All the pain's going to be gone, and it's not coming back because we're going to take authority over it. You've got to understand that you've got to 
say, when this thing tries to knock at the door, I'm not taking it no more. When you walk out of here tonight, it's going to be gone, and you're going to sleep extremely well tonight. In the name of Jesus tonight, Lord God, I speak healing. I take authority right now. I command her back to come into alignment. I command every nerve that is out of place that is putting this pressure on her body to be healed. In the name of Jesus, I see you standing over a young man. I see you standing over a young man like a person would stand over a grave that looks like there's no hope. I've come to tell you this night that God is a miracle worker. In the name of Jesus, and I want you to understand that you can speak life even when things look like it's dead. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that you would cause her words to change. Lord God, that she will see a manifestation of what she speaks when she prays. In the name of Jesus, the Bible declares that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain and command the mountain to go, and it will do exactly what you tell it to do. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that she would quit submitting herself to mountains and open her mouth up to the mountain and command the mountain instead of taking orders from mountains that she's been commanded to speak to so they can move. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you would bring healing to her body, and I command that the swelling that is in her feet in the morning to be gone in Jesus' name. Everybody lift your hands and worship the Lord. Never despise small things. Don't underestimate what God is able to do through you. And don't underestimate what God's able to do with just a couple of you coming together. The Bible lets us know that one can chase a thousand. Two can put 10,000 to flight. I want you to back away and get into the secret place so that you can take your eyes off of what you see in the natural so that God can show you what's going on in the spirit. The devil is not the only one moving in the spirit realm. As a matter of fact, he doesn't own the spirit realm. He is keeping you distracted, hoping that you don't step into the spirit to see that this battle is already won. I see the roof coming off this place. And I see the walls coming off this place. What that means, that means God's going to expand you. But in order for the, it's not just an expansion of your facility. It's not just trying to get a new place. That's, it's, it's bigger than that. God wants to expand you as an individual. He wants to expand you as a family. That's what he wants to expand. Don't underestimate. Don't be fearful. Some of you are more fearful of being misunderstood than you are confident in the change that is brought by what you bring to the table. Just obey God. Hear, believe, 
obey. Nothing else. If he does it, he does it. If it don't, it don't. But you hear, believe, obey, and watch God. Amen? We love you. God bless you all. Put your hands together as I turn the service back over to the hands of Pastor Wyatt in Jesus' name. Come on, clap your hands one more time. Do you feel blessed tonight? Are you glad you came tonight? Thank you, Jesus. To God be the glory for all the great things he has done. Thank you, Jesus. I know this is way past our time, but this we took another step in our growth as a church. And what you have to understand is we're on God's time, not our time. And I know we're used to doing things a certain way, but we have to give God the lead way, the runway to do whatsoever he chooses. And this is what he wants for us tonight. And God did what he wanted to do. I want you to take what God has imparted to you tonight. I want you to trust him and know that what he has done, it's him that has done it. And you don't have to let the devil mess with your mind and tell you anything. Just hold on to it. Hear, believe, and obey. Don't forget that. And if we do that, we will live in this change. It will be perpetual. This change that's taken place. We've gone through a spiritual barrier tonight. There's many more barriers we have to break through, but we broke through one tonight. Amen. Amen. How about we put our hands together for the man of God and thank God for sending him to us. Brother Hurt and I, you know, we casually know one another. We don't have a, a deep friendship, but we, we know one another. And um, he's, he's a busy, which is good, he's a busy evangelist. And um, never got a chance to connect in this way. And he just, um, he um, instant messaged me last night. Or DM me, Ethan. Just saying. And, um... And told me he was in D.C. and he's coming up to Rawway. He's ministering in New York Saturday and Rawway Sunday. And he just hit me up and say, you know, what's going on? What are you doing? And, you know, I'm, I'm so hungry for God. I'm not worried about anything. I just trust that if God put a man of God in our life, a woman of God in our life, we got to let them work. Let God do what he's going to do. So I say, God, I didn't ask. You brought the man of God. Let him have his way. And so he's here tonight, and we thank God for just opening this door. Because this was the door God opened. Amen. We, we certainly will try to get him back, but, you know. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> His schedule is busy. I'm, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> you know, the good news is I, I feel like he, he can tell you more. I don't know. I feel like he, he really likes this area. He's in this area quite a bit, so that usually means something. So I feel like he liked this area. And, you know, we can pray that, you know, if the day comes where the Lord says, all right, I want you to come off the field and stay in this field, he will stay in this field. Because we, we uh, you know me, I'm always, you know, so, <laughs> hey, listen, man, if, if the Lord tell him that's it, bring your family to Jersey, we'll, we'll be all right with that. But he's, a, he's an awesome man of God, and God always used him this way 
um, in the spirit. God always do. He use them this way in the spirit all the time. I've seen it many times. So what you just receive, you receive from God. Amen. How about we thank God we go before the Lord and pray tonight as we dismiss and pray for the man of God and his family. You know, you heard about his mother-in-law. And so we want God to have his way. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so grateful tonight, oh God, for what has been done here. Only you could have done that. You were the one that started this process and you worked it through to the end. God, how can we say thank you enough? How can we be, oh God, appreciative enough? And Lord, we will just continue to go forward to do your will. We will continue to hear your word. We will continue to believe your word. And we will continue to obey your word. Lord, I pray that the barriers that we have shattered tonight, Lord God, in the spirit realm, that we will not go backwards, but that we will continue to go forward. I pray boldness upon this congregation and that we will continue to take authority like we've never taken authority and that we will be used by you in a miraculous way. Oh, God, to have great revival in this area. Lord, we thank you for the men of God, the prophet of God that you've sent our way. Now, Lord, I pray replenishment and strength, Lord God. I pray for your provision for his life, almighty God. Bless him and keep your hand upon him, Lord God, upon his family. Let them be at peace as you work your work in their lives, O God. I pray that you'll bless and keep them. Let your face shine upon them. Be gracious unto them. And for all that have come tonight, that have joined us virtually, let the blessings of the Lord be upon them. And for those that receive healing and deliverance, let them walk in their deliverance. Let them walk in their healing. Let them walk in their provision. For Lord, we give you thanks and praise for all the great things you have done. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. Don't forget Saturday at 6.30 p.m. we have our corporate prayer. I am also, I'm not going to be here for corporate prayer. We'll have Brother Henry lead corporate prayer. I'm going to Tinton Falls. I have a a leadership conference I'm going to be teaching to the family church at 6 p.m. If there's anyone that want to join, that's fine. But for those of you that won't come out to Tinton Falls, then we would love for you to join us here for our uh, corporate prayer. Youth, um, youth picnic this Saturday. Um, uh, at what time you all start? There you go. So make sure you come out and um, be a part of all that we're doing. God is good. God bless you. Have a wonderful night. Thank you.